Space, the nerdiest frontier. This is the content warning of the USS Word Balloons. Our continuing mission to solve every nerdy question and talk about penises more than you really think we probably should. Just your fair warning, as again, the aforementioned penises, plus we will swear, and who even knows, the questions have taken me in research directions I never expected. You have been warned. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying higher in our own hot air, but have stopped our journey, Utopia Planitia, to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? What is your favorite alien species from Star Wars and or Star Trek? Yo, so, see, I love this question. You know how much easier this is than did Tuvix deserve to die? <laughs> because the answer is no, he did not deserve to die. No, we we already did that. Just um, <laughs> this is also a question from my nephew Evan, who I love very much and lives far away, so I don't get to see him very often. But he is basically me when I was eleven. Okay, down to we have swapped stories about how hard it is to sneak books to bed when you want to read after it's night-night time, and being busted with, like, trying to hide, in my case, comics, in his case, hardbacks, under your shirt, and then your parent goes to hug you goodnight, and they're like, why did you crinkle? Like, why did you, like... That, I was just going to give some just shitty life advice on that. That never... No, no, go for it. Don't worry. Yeah. I warned Grace, that uh, my sister... That like this is. I was gonna say that kids podcast. When you get when you get caught reading, you just pretend like you got caught masturbating instead, and they give you more space. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> wow, I did tell you to go ahead. That one's on me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's a good move. Pro move. <laughs> So, we'll do one and then the other. We'll do... Let's do Star Trek first, because I imagine this is going to be much shorter, because I'm the Star Trek guy in this one. I don't know... Okay, so I have, like, three things to bring up. I don't know much about any of them. Go for it. The first thing... Tribbles are awesome. Damn. I was gonna, I was about to ask what's the uh, which one's the Cushball one, because um, uh, this was my <laughs> yeah. question to Zach earlier when we came up. I love that Tribbles are the sworn enemy of the Klingon Empire. It's the best thing in the world. Klingons launched a fucking crusade against them. Um, I get it. I know nothing about them other than they look cool, but I want to say the Jem'Hadar. Genetic soldier, genetically grown soldiers for the Founders, who are the shape changers from Deep Space Nine. They are kept loyal through Ketracel White, which is a drug. Also, uh, the Q. Ooh. My mom hates them. I kind of love Q, but that's mostly thanks to John Delancey, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because, in our earlier episodes, because, sorry, we record these in a block, so something you listened to, like, three weeks ago, I listened to me talking about, like, 30 minutes ago, uh, and I want more people to watch Voyager. There's a great fucking episode of Voyager with two Q in them. Mm. Where a Q has decided that he wants to die and has argued for the right to die, and the other Q has to try and stop him and name the con- uh, of the Q continuum because they are, you know, immortal, all-powerful beings, and they're really freaked out about what will happen to the continuum if one of them suddenly dies. Like, it'll completely rock. You're immortal and all-powerful. Don't worry <clears throat> about it. Just let a fucking guy die. Yeah, the whole social aspects of, like, it will completely change the foundation of... 
Q civilization if Qs can start just offing themselves. Fun fact, he's not a Q anymore. Never was. Let him die. <laughs> it turns out that this is a uh, big debate about the concept of assisted suicide, but through the concepts of the Q. Well, I stand with the same way I stand yeah, with no, the Q. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it too. But if it's, someone is in pain and needs to My point to die, is it's a delightful die. episode. <laughs> <My point. laughs> okay, and I'm in to watch it. You absolutely watch. Go um, boy. It's, it's real fun because John Delancey, who plays Q, hits on Janeway absolutely as much as he hits on Picard. And like, they fought for years because uh, Kate Mulgrew and Delancey are friends mm-hmm. to get him on Voyager. They're like, you let him on Deep Space Nine, you're on every season of Next Gen, but I'm on Voyager. They're like, but how will we explain that he won't just send them back to Earth? They're like, because Q's a dick, and he's just going to say no when they ask. Why do you think? Right. He would only send them back as a prank and to then send them back where they were. He sent the Enterprise to the Delta Quadrant in Season 2 and only sent them back after Picard openly humiliated himself in front of Q. Like, you saying no is just because it's going to 100% be because I thought it was funny. Also, Picard season two makes me care about Q, like, emotionally, and I'm kind of mad at them for it. I've only seen bits, but right. they also make Picard care about Q emotionally, and he's even more mad about it. <laughs> but that's what I got. That's great. I love Tribbles, too. Q is a great pick. I find no trouble with Tribbles. You would if you had some... <laughs> In the moment, I did think of the Borg. I do find them an interesting concept, especially just... They were originally supposed to be bugs. They were supposed to be an insectoid species, but that was super fucking expensive. So they just made them a cyborg hive mind instead because, you know, 1988, 89 when they first appeared, like late 80s. So cyberpunk hadn't fully taken off, but some of the aspects of it were really developing. Yeah. Nice. I love the whole arc they do with the the Borg that they captured that, uh, I forget his name. Hugh. Hugh, yes. That whole whole thing. One episode. Oh, doesn't he come back later? He does. And he comes back in Picard as well. But, like, the big... It's the thing I love about Next Gen. Most of the things that everyone's like, that big storyline. I'm like, that was one episode. (laughs) Two when he comes back briefly. Like, uh... That's a big storyline for fucking Next Gen. They don't don't always I think he appears in three episodes total. Um, (laughs) But, uh... I do love the Borg. The Borg do suffer from the problem that the more they are used, the weaker they become. Yeah. They're, you know, how do you top their second appearance, which is the best of both worlds, which is where they fucking assimilate Picard. And then honestly, First Contact was great. Like, they, there's a lot of good Borg stories. It's just when you have the ultimate unbeatable danger, the more you use them, the more you have to kind of find ways to work around that and they stop being the unbeatable danger it's the same problem with batman but evil oh, i guess i thought of one other one that i really like the design of but i can't even remember their name you're gonna have to tell Please. me this what are the super hot crystal spider things when you say hot do you mean like temperature wise or sexy yes. the temperature wise possibly the tholians yes the tholian web that's it God, I All I know you. is I've seen pictures of them, and they look fucking baller. They're, well, other than when, when you do, like, the close-up on their face, and it just looks just like really bad polygons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you're talking about the Tholians, which are a species that appear in the original series once, where they have basically a laser web that they track the Enterprise in, and they just keep mentioning them off and on throughout all of the 90s Star Trek series. Not because they actually use them, but because... They Which means were, you like, know they gotta show up on Lower Decks sometime. God, I hope so. But they were placed as, like, a big enough power in the quadrant 
that they can't just never mention them. Okay, so my real answer is Klingons, and I will get to that, but I have a few that I wish we got more of, so I'm going to talk about them real fast. One is a race called the Bolians, who I just think look fucking cool. They are, you might have seen them, they're all blue, and then they've got kind of like a head ridge that kind of looks like it splits open a bit. One of them is in Lower Decks. Oh. The barber on the Enterprise is one. Uh, There's a background character on Voyager. They appear, but we never really get much time with them. Oh, yeah, okay. We know they're kind of argumentative and, like, super inquisitive and gossipy as all fuck. They are Federation members. Ah, okay. Yeah, they're showing pictures. Look up Bullion. If you've watched enough Star Trek, you'll be like, I think I've seen that before. But we never, there's never been a main character with them. I mean, literally, the only one I could name is Mr. Mott, the Enterprise Barber. And that's just because it's a joke that the Enterprise Barber will trap main, like, senior crew members and, like, give them advice of what they should be doing <laughs> while giving them their haircuts and then being like, I was talking with Riker and he agreed with me. So like, Captain, you should definitely do this. Um, yeah, I just think they're interesting. The Andorians who are starting to get more love, who were a founding member of Starfleet or of the Federation, but didn't get any time until the Enterprise series or Star Trek Enterprise, not the Enterprise, who are angry blue aliens with like head tentacle, like head antenna and white hair. So, so far, you're all in for the blue aliens. Uh, the next one won't be. But okay. actually, in Star Wars, is going to come up again, too. So, right. hey! Let me guess but, you're a fan of the Navi, too. Get the <laughs> fuck out of this room. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> find someone else to edit. Podcast. God, I hate that, that, that fucking Avatar movie. But, um... <laughs> also, please don't go. I don't want to edit this. Um, they're just fun. They're very angry and emotional and will threaten to stab pink skins all the time. And the Tellarites who are a species that are also listed as a founding member of the Federation, but we fucking never get any time with them. And they are, like, small, kind of rotund, kind of fat. So, you know, I can relate, other than the small part. Kind of, like, hog people who oh, are yo, legendary. Gav looks creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of those early ones are really not well done. Yeah, those later Nightmares. ones are fucking dope, but... The, yeah, the turns out the 1967, we have $10 to make this costume budget. The later ones are like warthog dwarves. Yeah, they're I... warthog dwarves. That's exactly why I want them. They're warthog dwarves that helped found the like most utopian civilization in star in history. Okay, so now they're also my favorite. What and the they fuck? also want That's to get dumb. into fights with everyone. Yo, these guys they, are like, awesome. Arguing is a part of their culture. Uh, that's fucking rad. What did you call them? Tellerites? Tellerites. Fucking hashtag Team Tellerite. <laughs> and we never get <laughs> time with them. They're who I play in Star Trek Online back when I used to play that. Okay. Uh, I had a Tellarite engineer that I fucking loved. But I'd even creepy on my Tellarite. Anyway. Oh yeah, they're like <laughs> creepy, but I mean it's most, they try. In fairness, uh, Andorians from that episode are also creepy as fuck. They just are weird looking. Really, the answer is the Klingons. I have loved Klingons since I was a little fucking kid. And on some level, looking back, People call them space Vikings. Really, it's their space bikers. Oh, very much more space space biker. Uh, At least, like, culturally. And I think it's because I was raised around biker culture, which is hilarious because I think most boomer biker... And I'm not talking, like, the hardcore ones, but most bikers are kind of dumpy shitheads. I'm sorry, you're old enough. I can probably take you at this point if I have to. And, like, I grew up around you. You were drunk around me when I was 10. You know who you are. You're not listening to this podcast anyways. Um, (laughs) But there is something... I I actually just love that Klingons are so fucking complicated, partially because they're so different in different cultures. In the original series, they were just, honestly, brown-faced humans. 
Mm -hmm. It's problematic, but like it's interesting. And it's eventually revealed that the reason for that is the augments like Khan Noonien Singh. There was a guy in Enterprise that was trying to create a new generation of augments. And he did. And they beat the shit out of a group of Klingons and stole their starship. And the Klingons were like, what the fuck was that? We should... Can we make those? <laughs> but they fucked it up because they were trying to, like, they accidentally combined it with a virus or something, yada, yada, okay. yada. And it was going to kill the entire Klingon species. And they managed to synthesize a cure, but it transformed them so they looked more human like some of the augment virus, but they didn't get any of the, like, the bad physical shit. benefits out of yeah. it. But you end up with these, like, very different Klingon cultures of, like, the augment Klingons that are much more devious, while the traditional Klingons are much more like, I'm gonna punch you in the goddamn face, try and stop me. They want to hang out and sing. Like, they will, like, you know, Starfleet's going through and they're like, alright, it's time for some tea while I'm going on this archaeological expedition. And Klingons are like, I'm flying through space singing more songs. Let's do this. How does a culture work that literally assassination is one of the main ways to raise up in rank? A really good way to get command of your starship is to find a time when your captain is being a coward, challenge him, stab him a couple of times, and then take over. This might be happening in the middle of a raid. Didn't we already talk about orcs? Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> but also, there's just fun aspects of, like, there's a great quote where they're talking about different religions and Worf just pops up out of nowhere and he goes, Klingons have no gods. They were more trouble than they were worth, so uh, warriors slew them long ago. Like, literally, this super spiritual, honor-based fighting species has no gods because in their lore, they just fucking killed them for being a pain in the ass. I kind of love that. Right? That is baller <laughs> as fuck. We also meet Klingon Space Jesus in the next-gen episode, Rightful Heir. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a character named Kalis. Okay. Who is basically Klingon Jesus. The whole society is based... Kalos brought Klingons the ways of honor. He conquered the entire planet of Kronos, brought them the ways of honor, brought culture as we know it of two Klingons, and then, according to legend, fucking dips. And they're like, he's like, time for me to go. And they're like, what What will we do? Where will... And he's like, look to that star, and points to a star in the sky. And he goes, someday I will join you there. And then in theory, probably dies, but like in, you know, legend version, because Klingons are one of those species where legend and history are basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. There's no real importance to the difference. So it's much more like ancient civilization style storytelling. The Klingons remember what fucking star it is and travel to it. And set up a monastery there to wait for him. But And Boreth is a wildly important for various reasons, including time crystals, which sounds dumb, but it's pretty cool. But one day Worf goes there to try to, like, he feels separated because he's Klingon, but he was raised as human, and he's trying to find, like, the balance of the two faiths. And while he's meditating, fucking Kalos appears in front of him. And spoiler to an episode that came out in, like, 1994, but it's a great, wonderful episode. Turns out that the Klingons... The, the Klingon priests that had been running Boreth had some of his blood from, like, a, a dagger he was stabbed with or something, whatever. And they fucking clone Kaelas. Oh. Give him all of his memories of the great legends and just drop him in front of Worf because Worf is a respected Klingon. And like, no one's going to question Worf. He can take over and rule the Empire with honor. Uh, he ends up getting installed as the Emperor, so it's a purely, like, spiritual leader position. It's kind of like... Pope. Okay. And it ends up with a whole lot of question of like, is it, is there a real Kalos? Is all of this my own? And he's like, does it really? And Kalos clone is like, does it really fucking matter as long as we find value in his stories? But he's so much fun because he's going around being like, here's this story of like this great legendary thing. And I was there and I did it. <laughs> 
And like, oh sure, you're gonna we're gonna get into a fight because you're challenging me? Absolutely. But I'm gonna be giggling the whole time because this is fucking awesome. Do you guys not get how cool it is to be Klingons? Very much had an, a feeling of Odin for me. Yes. Watching that. It was like, I, I say space Jesus because it's Messiah kind oh, of thing. But definitely space Jesus is what it's written as, but his plate portrayal of it and his like fun with it there's rings very viking old. aspects as much as i said they're bikers there's also very viking Which, aspects to the class yeah so that makes sense star wars star wars okay so i had a question about this humans exist in star wars yes we, we know this but are they from earth does earth exist well no but earth. almost so there was a expanded universe book that never got written that was uh, but was like it was eventually released but as, like, pure fan stuff. Because mm-hmm. it was well into the production when it got cancelled. Which happens with books. And it was probably a good idea, because this book sounds buck wild. That involves... It manages to tie, like, all the stuff that George Lucas had made up to that point into a single cohesive universe. But that includes American Graffiti, which takes place on 1970s Earth. And THX 1138, which is, like... Brave New World, basically. Like, weird sci-fi thing. But basically, it has it. Humanity, like, our humanity, Harrison Ford, is in fucking American Graffiti. (laughs) And they imply in this book that he is an ancestor, uh, uh, yeah, an ancestor of Han Solo. Wow. Okay. Eventually, that world gets turned into the THX world, which eventually leads to people escaping into the stars. And then they're thrown through, like, a wormhole in time? And thrown into a galaxy a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And kidnapped and enslaved and, like... So they are from Earth. Right. And it has the story of, like, the first person to use the Force, which is why they were dubbed the Skywalker. It sounds really bad, but in, like, a kind of goofy fun in a way that I want to fucking read it you can find it online but uh... (laughs) it's like the Star Wars holiday special I kind of recommend watching it but not like not seriously really Not really, but I do. I do as an experience, not as a quality story. I don't know. It might be great. I've never read it. It just, every time I read about it, I'm like, that's... I'm so glad that didn't happen. But that did Ooh. They are kind of implied to be from Coruscant. One of my species, and I'm going to cover this just real fast, I have a different answer, is the Tong, which are the predecessors of the Mandalorians. On Coruscant, before it was Coruscant, there were two species, the humans and the Tong, or implied to be the humans and the Tong. They go to war for control of the planet, the Tong lose, and flee. The leader, the very first Mandalore, settles a planet, takes it over, and the Tong rename the planet and themselves as the Mandalorians and Mandalore in honor of this great leader. Also, every leader from this point on is titled Mandalore. Most of that is no longer canon, but the Tong were fucking sick. They eventually die out, but their culture continues over time as the Mandalorian culture. Because they start bringing in non-Tong to become Mandos. They got kind of cool, not predatory faces, but kind of like weird. It's just, it's fucking sick. Tales of the Jedi was a really cool comic, and that's where they kind of come from. Okay. Yeah, I guess I I wrote down two things, and I'm just going to throw, you know, my fucking edgy cred on the table and go with Zabrax. I knew Zabrak or Sith the moment you said edgy. Oh, I knew you were going to pick one of them anyways. You uh, mean my two are Zabrak and Pureblood Sith? God, I know yes. <laughs> the Pureblood Sith were pretty cool. The In the original Expanded Universe continuity, the Sith were a species first. Mm-hmm. And then and became then an ideology. Dark Jedi went and took them over and over time the two things merged together to a single... Fuck, I do not know anything about Star Wars because this is some cool shit I did not know. 
I guess my my I have a couple on my list. I mean, one of my answers is Jawas, just because they're goofy. So like fucking Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Okay, cool. Sarlacc. I don't know if that's the proper conjugation of this. Is it are, are they yeah. Sarlaccs, Sarlaxians? However, but uh, they are refer they? to the Sarlacc pit, and they're but I, that's about it's, all I like. It seems to be alive. Oh, it's definitely alive. Boba Fett murders it in retaliation. Mm-hmm. Are are in there one others? Bo- yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is like the big one. Like the the Great Pit of Carcoon gotcha. is the one that like lives long enough that everyone's like, I don't want to fuck with that no more. And then I really also liked whatever Greedo was. The Rodians. They are, despite Greedo being a useless piece of shit, obsessive bounty hunting species. Their species, their culture is mostly based around hunting and opera. Cece, nope. my wife played one in, we've done a lot of Star Wars tabletop RPGs, and she played a Rodian for several years, so we went just balls deep in a Wikipedia article. What, do you happen to remember what the, the werewolf guys are named? Shvestin or something Yeah, like Shvestin or something like that. There's SHs and Vs and... And then, I got a question for you, but do you know what the Cantina band are? Bith? Bith. They are Bith, yes. Now... I this is a legitimate question. I know you're gonna groan when I ask this, but did they invent jizz or do they just play jizz? And you don't have to know this answer, but this is what I'm wanting. I don't. I'm just going to reaffirm that jizz is the terribly named musical style that they play in that. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to have to find a, Wiki- a, a Wikipedia article on... Second on- biggest wiki in the world. The only bigger one is just normal fucking Wikipedia. There are, like, millions of articles. Oh, yeah, no, it's... One guy's straight-up job is just to watch... I don't know if he has it anymore, but for years, was just to watch Star Wars and be like, that guy. We've never come up with the story of that guy. Who he appears for two, like, <laughs> two seconds. So they've never explained the origins of jizz, but uh, there is different subgenres of jizz. Oh, Jesus Christ. Including <sighs> jizz whale, albade, and glitz. I love it. That's not as bad as I feared. Also, there's another musical form known as jats, which is similar to, but not the same as jizz. Oh, God. Jats. I'm going to go on to my answers so we can just stop talking (laughs) about this. Mention the tongue. Uh, I really do love the Chiss, the blue people from this game. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, Mm. if you've watched Mm. Star Wars Rebels or read any of the great fucking Thrawn books. He's a fascist and a terrible person, but he has a super compelling intro character. Uh, there is something really interesting about them because they are... When we talked about the Yuzenvong a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. they uh, the whole thing was like bringing someone in from the outside that was different enough that it would shake up Star Wars. But it didn't really work, in my opinion, because the Yuzenvong were too different from Star Wars that it kind of like broke the rules of how Star Wars exists. The Chiss, who exist from outside of like the main galaxy in the unknown regions, are an empire on par with like the New Republic or the Empire and I thought they worked a lot better because they still had a lot of the same they just blended into the world a lot better as opposed to like just straight up smashing it with a hammer they tend to be very intelligent they tend to be very secretive and they are weird creepy blue people with glowing red eyes which is just fucking neat I think though my answer is going to be the Gand who we see like for like four seconds in the fucking movie, but have some really cool characters in some of the expanded universe. They one of the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back is a Gand. His name is Zuckus. He's got like a bunch of robes and kind of a like a bug-eyed face with like a breather in it. They are a methane breathing species that are 
They have like a chitin. They have like a, a, a chitin, like an mm-hmm. exoskeleton. So they're really like strong and dangerous and fucking stab their pincers through your chest without trying very hard. But they have a really interesting culture because of their view on the concept of self. The idea is, so if I were to say something, I mean, I just do right there. If I'm talking something about myself, I did this. But the Gand think that's super rude because they go, oh, if you're saying I did this, it's automatically assumed everyone around you knows who you are. So you can only say I did this thing if you're super fucking famous. It starts with, so they have like a structure of how you can refer to yourself. It starts with the clan name. So like a character's name is Uro Quirk, but I'll I'll just use Zach Johnson for this. Mm -hmm. Early in life, I will refer to myself as Johnson. And we're going to skip all the dick jokes that are coming with my last (laughs) name. I've been suffering for them for 34 years. Johnson thinks this. Johnson is going to go do this now because I am not important enough to be recognized as a really as an individual yet but my family might be important enough that if you say the name you might recognize it when you start to gain some respectability you can start to refer to yourself zach thinks this zach says we're going here i am important enough that you might not necessarily know who i am automatically but i can tell you who i am and i'm important enough that i can use my own individual stuff so like people in my clan might know me you have to do shit of great fucking renown to get to the point that you can say i think we should go to the mall. And by great renown, like, you and your squad mates in a, like, 12-man squadron free a planet from Empire control by yourself. Gotcha. Like, if you are going, I am Zach Johnson of the Gand, you are one of, like, the 15 most important Gand in history. Like, alive kind of thing. And then if they're embarrassed, they will drop down a level. So, like, if they fuck up, they'll be like, oh, Johnson apologizes. Well, they might usually refer to themselves as Zack. And if they fuck up too bad, they will just refer to themselves as Gand. Gand almost got everyone killed, so Gand is going to buy some drinks now to make up for it. <laughs> like, Interesting. It's such a fascinating little, like, civilization. I did realize one I forgot. Yeah? Nautolans. Nautolans? Oh, my God. I was going to mention them, too. Yeah. Um, uh, the Not smiley nice. guy with the green tentacles coming out of his Kit head Fisto. in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, it's lost on me in this particular moment. Okay, he's one of the people that confronts Palpatine in his office in Revenge of the Sith. He's a Jedi Master. He's always smiling. Like, big smile. So he, people caught attention to him. Oh. Big, big yes. eyes and, like, green tentacles coming out of the back of his head. I played a Jedi of, uh, version who didn't use a lightsaber and just punched. Uh, I basically played a Jedi monk. Also, in Clone Wars, he's voiced by the guy who voices Samurai Jack, which always makes me like him a little more. Lamar? Yep. Yes. I fucking love Philomar. He's great. Yeah. But yeah, they're just super cool looking. Plus, I don't know, like multiple hearts is always cool. And they rock those. And they're super willing to just be like, time to strip down off my shirt off and uh, <laughs> go fight somebody. Like, But I'll do it with a smile. Well, they, they, got, they get all those cool little upgrades. Like if you're a species that's used to living in the water all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're all built with crazy swimmers' bodies and... They're amphibious. Yeah, they're amphibious. They can see in low-light conditions. Their skin is thick enough that, like, it gives more just natural defense than, say, ours does. But they don't have any problems going on to land other than they can't use their full language. Their full Mm -hmm. language is meant to be used underwater. And so they usually just switch to other languages when they come up onto land. But between each other, like if if a Nautilin is talking to another Nautilin, all those tendrils are pheromone sensing. So part of their language is pheromone based. And they can also just 
communicate through like the swirls in their eyes. That's Wild. so cool. Oh, also, Trandoshans are super cool, the big lizard guys, but we're not going to go into it because we're already like 30 minutes in. <laughs> also, um, honorable mention to fucking, I forget what Chewbacca is all Wookies. of a sudden. Wookies. Wookies. Yeah. Chewbacca. What a Wookie. What a Wookie. Wookies were my favorite until I watched the Star Wars Holiday Special, to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, what's, what's the kid there? I don't remember if Lumpy is the kid or the dad. Like, granddad. Oh. Either way, it's fucking terrible. It, one is itchy and one is lumpy. I think lumpy's the granddad. I think uh, itchy's, itchy's the, the kid. kid. Itchawaru and lumper. Yeah. And I don't even remember Chewbacca's awkward wife's name. Just fucking, we don't have time for the Christmas special. Um, In order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep this expedition's theme of starships. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on the Defiant? The Defiant? Quick question. Yes. Original series Defiant or Deep Space Nine Defiant? You know what? Uh... I had... The Defiant class or the Constitution class named Defiant? The Constitution class named Defiant. Okay, thank you. That seemed way too easy. Uh, the Defiant is a whole class and major ship from Deep Space Nine. But the original Defiant is a Constitution class starship, so it is the same class of starship as the USS Enterprise. It is commanded, I believe, by a guy named Commodore Decker? I might be wrong on that one, but... Um, oh, sorry. I okay. There's fuck. so there. I had opened a completely different one. There were two ships by the name of Defiant. I had opened the other one. I mean, I could do a redemption round because I'm not 100 percent sure what you're no, talking about. Here's the thing: the other ship named the Defiant was literally just the prototype for the Defiant class. That's the one oh, that I had open. That's the Deep Space Nine one. That's the one I was yeah. asking about. Yeah. Which, Which one it... do you want me? Here's what we'll do. I'll go through real fast. Real quick, the original Defiant is a Constitution-class starship, making it the same starship class as the Enterprise. It is lost in a battle uh, and is actually thrown into the Mirror Universe, which the Terrans, which is what the Mirror Universe equivalent of humans, use it to uh, jumpstart their technological advancement like 100 years, because not only does it go to the Mirror Universe, it goes back in time 100 years. In the original series, it just disappears. I believe against the planet killer. In Enterprise, it shows up in the mirror universe and they use it to create an empire. The Defiant that you are talking about is of the Defiant class, which was originally created to be a Borg killer. So after the Borg first appear, and I believe the episode q but I could be wrong, Starfleet realizes that they are wildly unprepared for something on the level of the Borg. For the most part, they are using updated versions of ships from the 23rd century, like 75 years ago. Oh god, we need to make a gunship. They create a tiny little ship. It is... The size is not quite wonderfully given. It varies, but I mean, it's the smallest... It's smaller than Kirk's ship, significantly. And it's like a hundred years later. Interesting. And it is just powered up to the tits to be a killer. To the point that when it's running at full power, it was like shaking the deck plates apart. Like it was overpowered. Uh, And it was originally mothballed because of this fact. But Commander Benjamin Sisko, who uh, is in charge of Deep Space Nine, but was originally a working at Utopia Planitia, where we're going, and who had helped run some of the tests of this, kept in mind the ship, remembered it. 
And when they went up against the, when they first were introduced to the threat of the Dominion, who is the major bad guys of Deep Space Nine, they needed a real starship at Deep Space Nine because all they had were runabouts, which are like souped up shuttles. And so he pulls the the Defiant out of the mothballs and uh, sets it up. It has, among other things, it is the only ship in Starfleet with a cloaking device. Thanks to various Romulan treaties. Originally, it was supposed to be there was a Romulan on board who would run the cloaking device, but she appeared in the very first episode with it and was never mentioned again. Oh no, she's still there. She's running. The whole I'm pretty time. sure she gets shot, but I don't. It's been a while since they I've brought seen her back. It, so. They needed. To oh keep really? Her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's there. The Defiant you never is see her. kill or is finally destroyed in the very end of the like towards the very end of the final season of Deep Space Nine. But it is replaced with another Defiant-class starship that they get permission to rename also the Defiant. It was like the, the something else. And it becomes the... Defiant Defi- 2. Defiant A. The, uh, it, it's in the same way that there have been multiple Enterprises. NCC-1701, 1701A, B, C, D. Picard's is D, for example. So oh, when okay. the Defiant is yeah. destroyed, Cisco gets a new Defiant. I think the Sao Paulo or something like that. I, I'm... Making that up, I do not know. Actually, that um, might have been right. I just saw some. Anyway, I think Sao Paulo. Either way, uh, and there's yeah, given Sao Paulo. Fucking, I am scarily good at this and bad at the same time. I need a life. He's given permission to rename it the Defiant A because basically this ship had been at the forefront of the Dominion War since the very beginning. Like, well, you know, fucking the Enterprise is off doing big stuff. The Defiant's like, I'm behind enemy lines. Let's do this. Fucking try to stop me! <laughs> it is ridiculously powerful. It is also the ship that you can get in Star Trek Online if you choose the, like, security offensive ship. Have you, did either of you? No, no, okay. no, So what it is is you have three ships every time Every time you rank up Lieutenant Commander, or Lieutenant, okay. Lieutenant Commander, Commander, Captain, you get a new ship of a new, like, Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5, whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, But there are... Three different ships, and they have different... One is science-based, one is combat-based, and one is, like, explorer mix of the two. At the captain level, it's the galaxy class for, like, the command, the you know, like, the Enterprise. And for I'm a madman in combat, it's a defiant class. Nice. And I was always super fucking torn if I ever got a character close to that. Understandably. Yeah. So those are the defiants. Yeah, I guess it really didn't matter which one it was supposed to be because you told us about them both. I got schooled. I couldn't keep up. Yeah, I think you covered it. think you covered it. I so, really like Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's it for today, folks. We're taking off. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earverm.com. That is E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. As always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Stephen Gady, and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Up, up, and away.